Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, Lord, Keep Us Steadfast in Your Word. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord. We have our two all-stars on the mics, Lars Olson, Zachary Brockhoff, back with us this week. We're talking about, Lord, keep us steadfast in your word. Yeah, thanks, Mason. Um, We are in Matthew 21 this week, and uh, Zachary, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you know about this hymn's history? Well, most Lutherans will probably have sung this hymn, uh, mostly because it's short and only three stanzas. So, in the world of Luther, uh, it qualifies as an outlier. A, as good as a Methodist hymn. Right. And so, we can all sing it together. Um, of course, uh, it was one of Luther's uh, early hymns and um, uh, had has, uh, well, different texts than what we often sing today. So, originally it was, Preserve us, Lord, in your word and restrain the murder of the Pope and Turks who would cast down Jesus Christ, your son, from your throne. Uh, Strong words. Strong, (laughs) strong words, which history has edited out, and uh, therefore we don't have to necessarily sing those anymore. But if you think it was, it's you know, maybe wouldn't fly today. It also wasn't too popular back then. Um, He wrote it, we think, around 1541 or 42. By 1548, it was outlawed in in, uh, parts of Germany, and uh, to sing it, you could be killed. So it was nice. it's, yeah. signal of a good hymn. It's, that's right. That's what we want. Poss- also, s- sing at your own peril. Possible here, right? death. Yeah, right. Yes. Exactly. Uh, so just be aware uh, if you open up the hymnal and sing this one, you could be in trouble. If you don't like that, the the be- the better uh, option here. Um, there was, I think, something of a parody that somebody wrote, but it was "Preserve us, Lord, with six pints; uh, they quench one's thirst." And so um, you could be uh, steadfast, I guess, in drinking heavily, um, although there's no evidence anybody ever sang this in church. So um, anyway, you have some historical options, but uh, <laughs> the reason we might sing it this week um, uh, is really having to do with questions of authority that are asked. I looked high and low for a good option of with uh, prostitutes and tax collectors. And um, and this was the best you could come up with. <laughs> well, the best if you if you really want to stretch it is probably uh, Lord, you have come down to the lakeshore with fishnets and will for working. But since <laughs> since I <laughs> right. so I think that might be a step too far. We'll come back to what Lutherans know, and uh, Lord, keep us steadfast in your word seems to be a good option. Yes. Yeah, I like that. That's good. The uh, it's a beautiful hymn, uh, and it's um, um, surprising how strong just of a of a Lutheran. Lutheran, um, uh, Lutheran bent it, it takes when mm-hmm. we're just saying, uh, Lord, keep us steadfast in your word. Like this is all on what our Lord is doing for us, not kind of how we're grasping for the word to hold on to it, which is a little bit what's happening in the in the text in Matthew 21, yeah. uh, where people are coming to ask Jesus, you know, by what authority are you doing these things? And well, let me tell you by what authority. Uh, and it's, it's going to be by the authority of God himself, not... Uh, 
not the authorities of the world that we're looking for. Right. And so each stanza actually has something to say about authority, both, both you know, in uh, uh, and addressing sort of each member of the Trinity. It's, it's, it's a prayer, but also really does have something to say about authority and where, where the church is going to find that. Um, uh, the first stanza, I think, can sound like, and really the second too, can sound almost militaristic in language. Um, uh, keep us steadfast in this, keep us immovable. Um, that doesn't sound too wonderful either to a lot of the world, uh, <laughs> that you would be uh, almost stubborn in this way. Um, but it really is a prayer that um, says we, we really we want to remain steadfast in what God's Son has done. That's where the, the first stanza finally um, concludes, um, that nothing would take this kingdom away uh, that God has given or, or bring to naught, as it says, all Christ has done for us. So this is, this is where um, final authority is <laughs> for, the, um, for the leaders who are coming and saying, by what authority do you do this? And those who come to the church and say, by what authority? It, it's actually in the word. So that's the first stanza. I think the, the second stanza, I couldn't help but think about the um, few times I've heard this now uh, presented uh, both in worship and especially the context of hymn festivals where it's been sung um, a cappella without accompaniment. Uh, and uh, in between this, uh, musicians would improvise. Um, this is sort of the old style in Germany in which uh, these hymns may have been sung. It's, it's part of that tradition where you'd sing something and then uh, the musician would sort of add commentary based on the text. And anytime you come to stanza two, which talks of Christ's power and uh, his uh, defense of the church, um, this, is, this is always presented quite strongly. Uh, in this way, but of course, um, Christ's power and authority um, that he has that the other powers of the world and the Lord's, even in this weekend scripture reading, can't quite seem to figure out is the power of actual forgiveness. <laughs> um, and so um, the prayer then finally almost concludes similarly to stanza one uh, in stanza two here, where it's saying um, that we would sing praise to God forever, right? That this that this word would have authority um, in the church, both in preaching and in in the words we sing. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that second verse, especially the um, the authority of the church always seems to be a, an up for grabs question yeah. in the church, right? right. Uh, is it Jesus church or is it our church? Is it the, uh, yeah. the denominations church or, uh, uh, or are we, how, how do we interact with the world? Does the world tell us what we're supposed to be as the church rather than, you know, uh, make your power made known. That is the forgiveness that comes in Christ's death and resurrection. Uh, it's not anything other than that. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what the church finally is around. And so it can't be anything other than than that authority that comes from Jesus Christ. But it's it's uh, good to sing that uh, and remind people that that's really all the church is, is uh, gathering around our uh, uh, crucified and risen Lord who has given us a promise. Yeah. And finally, I think the third stanza does... Also, um, it, it begins by speaking about peace and, and unity, um, uh, but then um, finally says that the word that we're singing about, this authority that God has to say something and uh, actually have it happen, um, 
is is really where it's driving. Um, support us in our final strife. Lead us out of death to life. That all these other words that are spoken in worship or in the temple, uh, if you reference uh, this weekend's reading, where they're saying, "By what authority do you have? Uh, <laughs> do you speak in this way, or or have um, authority to preach?" And in that, actually, in that word um, that brings from death to life, we have peace. So. Um, it's three short stanzas that really do a wonderful job of all of that. Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary's stanza-by-stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend. See you next week.